Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with the indicas.com. My name is Abhishek and this issue's cover is about India's largest automaker. In many economies and India is no exception, car sales are considered to be a proxy for economic growth and in that context India has done pretty well. But where does Tata Motors stand over the years? Joining me on the call to talk about his cover is Manu Balachandran. Hi Manu, nice to have you here. Hi Abhishek, hi, hi. Over the years, Tata Motors, to be fair, has struggled as compared to some of its uh, both domestic and foreign counterparts. So take us through a brief history before we get into your cover as to what went wrong with motors in the first place. So Abhishek, Tata Motors had a good run in the late 1990s with Tata Indica. I mean, of course, there was Tata Indica and then Tata Indica V2. Then, you know, they had some of the models like Safari, Sumo, which held them in good numbers in India. But then competition was also stepping in into India around the same time. What happened around, say, 2006 was that they went very ambitious on Tata Nano. Along the same time, Tata Indica sales had started to decline in India. You know, they had one model, uh, one one platform, which is the Tata Indica platform, on which they tried creating about three different models, which is the Indica, uh, the Indigo, Indigo Marina, and you know, and on and on. None of that really struck a chord with the with the Indian buyers. Nano was a phenomenal failure, as uh, you know, all of us know. Uh, all of that meant over the years, Tata Motors had fallen out of the radar of the Indian buyers, which is obviously seen in the market share when it went from about, uh, say, about 17%, you know, around 2005, it, it fell down to about 4.8%. Around the same time, they also had struggles with, with the top management. They had somebody came in and who had to who resigned for personal reasons. And of course, the untimely death, uh, the suicide of, uh, of Carl Slim. Uh, they didn't have a CEO for about two years after that. Uh, it's when Gunter came into the picture in 2016. And uh, when he had come in, you know, he, he had a reputation as a turnaround uh, master, which he had created while he was in Europe. What changed when the new person came in on top? You said he was a he has a reputation of uh, being a turnaround artist very quickly. Uh, uh, what is his background and, and uh, how has he helped change the fortunes? Even if it's a little bit, it's too soon uh, to, to say, but... Absolutely. It's too, it's too soon to say, you know, Tata Motors has turned around. Gunter, uh, he was working with, uh, with, uh, Airbus before this. Much before that, he was with, with automobile companies where, you know, he had done some turnarounds with struggling units, um, you know, with Daimler and all Netherlands. Uh, what happened once he came in? I think, uh, they were very clear about what they wanted to do. Uh, they couldn't be really struggling. And he had mentioned to me they couldn't continue in, in such a fashion. They laid a lot of stress you know, on the processes on which the company sort of works. And one of the instances is that they had a very complicated management layer. You know, they had about 14 of those. Uh, so it, that meant, you know, from the factory down to, you know, getting to the CEO, it was a long process. So there would be, you know, a lot of back and forth in which time time would be lost. So he changed that. He made it into a very simple five-layered uh, management uh, structure. So the communication, the whole communication process, uh, became much, much easier. So he cut down on bureaucracy and red tape. Top two or three hard decisions that he had to take, because, for example, usually it is with respect to having too many models or too few, or the design is wrong or the quality is bad. Right. One of the most strategic decisions that they took is that, you know, they had a number of platforms. I mean, now, if, if we see Tata Sumo, Tata Manza, you, know, you have a number of platforms and across multiple platforms, that means cost. So what they've now done is they have 
they have just reduced that to two. One is developed by Jaguar Land Rover, on which the new Tata Harrier is coming, and the other is the Omega plat, uh, the the Alpha platform, which is developed in house, on which they are planning to bring out the Tata. Uh, there's a new uh, vehicle that'll be coming out next year. It's a hatchback. So that is that is a significant leap because that means all of their vehicles will be built on these two platforms henceforth. No, there's a huge stress on uh, quality kind of offerings that the vehicles, you know, are now providing. If you see Tata Nexon, Tata Tiago, they all, you know, have a, a whole host of features uh, in those vehicles, uh, which appeals to the Indian consumer. And safety, you know, if you can, if, if you see the Nexon, uh, just won the five star rating uh, for a, for the first uh, made in India, you know, to have won the five star in the global NCAP uh, crash test. Right, and, and when you say that, you know, it appeals to the Indian customers. Uh, did they do something that is different to what uh, other car makers would have done? No, I, I think I think what happened was Tata Motors had missed out. A competition competition was offering all of this. Tata Motors were somewhere, you know, sleeping, uh, not really waking up. I think what has happened now is Tata Motors has woken up. Uh, they are going really aggressive, and and the instance of that is, you know, we were in Jodhpur uh, where I met the entire top brass of uh, of Harrier. That that sort of a drive, that that initiative that that happened in 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 Jodhpur in December, in early December, about two months before the launch of the Harrier. So they were trying to create a buzz around the product. That really wasn't happening uh, long back. Now what they're doing is much before the launch of the vehicle, they're creating huge hype around the product. Uh, the Tata Harrier seems to be getting a lot of traction, um, at least from the sense that I got. And the product is uh, it looks beautiful uh, from what I saw. Uh, there are signs that things are indeed working for them. I, from your uh, article, I quote that uh, the market share has increased, right? Uh, a little bit from 4.6 to 6.8 in two years' time since he came in. Right. The numbers are certainly improving. Tata Motors had really fallen out. Now they're sort of at least staging a comeback. Of course, Maruti is the dominant player there. But at least there has been an effort to get Tata Motors in the personal ownership space. Maruti has a lot of focus on the taxi market also, which is where the numbers really come. But Tata Motors wants to win back the consumer and which Mayank Parikh also refers to. He really wants to uh, be one of the 2.6 vehicles that any any family considers when they're looking at a new vehicle. That's the thing with Tata Motors, isn't it? It's a firm that had or has such immense potential, but somehow it uh, did not, uh, you know, match up right. after after Indica and right. Certainly, that that past decade was um, really um, not. I mean, one of the worst phases for that company, I would think. Uh, um, no, no new product launches uh, they had at that point. Their quality was a big concern. And along the same time, you have Hyundai, you have uh, you have uh, Maruti, you have you know international companies that are doing very well. So somewhere along the way, Tata Motors really lost out, and uh, now at least you know with the brand that they are. They are uh, trying to make a comeback with with uh, with all these new offerings and going really aggressive with their marketing. They're trying to bring down their costs too. They've created 24 different 24 vehicle modular team units. Each of those units have a task now to reduce their cost. Right, and and the last one, uh, Manu, is, is where do they go from here in that uh, near and long term? Uh, what are some of the plans that, uh, that, that the new management would have for Tata Motors? I think I think they want to go ahead and launch about 12 new models. Tata Motors is notorious for launching or showcasing new vehicles at at auto expos, and they're not going ahead with it. So they would show a very beautiful, you know, Prima uh, sedan in Switzerland, but you never see that vehicle on the road. But if you see with Tata Motors Harrier, it came. They showcased that vehicle at the auto expo this last year in 2018, in February, and that was the first time they showcased it. 
in about nine months from then, they have managed to put that vehicle on the road, which is a significant step. And the product was very similar to what, at least about 80-85%, very similar to what they had showcased at the Auto Expo. So they're very clear now that they're not going to delay any further. You know, these like communications have gotten much easier. The design team works in tandem with the rest of the team. So they, they're very clear about if they if, if they conceptualize a vehicle, uh, they're very, very clear that this is what is going to be on the final product. But these 12 vehicles hopefully will get them back on track and possibly become a challenger because, you know, Hyundai has about uh, 15-16% of the market and they're the second. If they if they get to about 10, that would be a significant leap, I would suppose. On, on, on that optimistic note, uh, Manu, uh, thank, thank you very much for your time on this one. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much, Abhishek. Thank yeah, you. Thanks. And uh, all you listeners, you can get this podcast on ForbesIndia.com and to have someone call you for a Forbes India subscription, message Forbes to 51818. Thank <laughs> you.